No one better. We like to check in on on the big U.S. political stories of the day. And the midterm elections usually mean uh, a little bit of an about face. Usually a sitting president gets a little bit of a little bit of a slap on the backside. Happened to Bill Clinton in 1996. It happened to Donald Trump in 2018. We go to former Republican congressman. He currently hosts the podcast called White Flag, which is fantastic. You can find it on Spotify wherever and whenever. Former Congressman Joe Walsh, our guest. We always love having you up here in Toronto. Thank you so much for the time. Hey, Greg, it's always good to be with you. I'll remind you as well that it happened in 2010 when yours truly got was part of a Tea Party wave uh, that that knocked out Barack Obama that first midterm. So it's really common. Uh, the Democrats, in a big way, kind of defied history last night. Yeah, um, this is why I, I struggle. I don't know if you do with polling right now. I mean, I, yeah. I don't like using polls. Um, I always find two things will happen, Joe, and you can maybe relate to this. Men will lie about how, how much sex they're having. That, that that's a that's a poll thing, uh, you know, as as uh, as old as time itself, as old as time immemorial. Yep. And people will lie about who they're going to vote for. That that clearly happened two times in 2016, the presidential election, and with our friends overseas in the UK with Brexit. That clearly happened there. So the polls this time around indicated a big from a red wave to a red tsunami, and it doesn't seem like it's materialized as we speak right now. Well, and the other truism about polls, Greg, is I don't know of anybody under the age of 30 that ever picks up a phone and answers a poll <laughs> question. So it doesn't freaking measure young people. Um, look, a word of caution. Uh, yes, so this was best case scenario for Democrats that they lose the House by just barely a few and they keep control of the Senate. It's likely that those two things will play out, but the Republicans would still control the House. And I would just say she ain't done till she's done. Mm -hmm. The Republicans still could control the Senate. So we got a ways to go here. And as we speak, I, I you know, I, it's something we can change. But Raphael Warnock, people need to know this about Georgia, though he's leading. He needs 50 percent of the voting. There's a libertarian candidate on the ballot for the Senate in Georgia. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. And though they, they, it will go to a runoff. It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, so there's going. We saw this with the Kelly Loeffler uh, runoff in Georgia after the Biden presidential win. Georgia just keeps giving us these uh, special election gifts, whether we want them or not, in uh, early in next new year. Look, I think everybody's got their own big takeaways. Yeah. And inflation, inflation, inflation. But my biggest takeaway, Greg, last night was I think a hell of a lot more Americans really do care about our democracy than than all the experts told us. I mean, my God, damn near every Republican on the ballot last night was an election denier. And I think at the end of the day, that pissed off a lot of Americans. Joe, do you think the Roe v. Wade thing factored in because I heard I, I yeah. know women mobilize themselves to vote, but I thought both things might be true. There's women that want to protect reproductive rights where they live. But there are also women furious about COVID restrictions and COVID, um, you know, COVID affecting their families and masks on little kids. I saw them mobilized. They were loud. They were vocal uh, and they had their claws out. Did both things happen? Did both those groups of women go to the polls maybe and almost cancel each other out? Do you think? Well, that's a, that's a really Greg. That's a really great point, because both those groups of women were energized. 
and the Democrats took a big hit for kind of over-regulating things during COVID. You, God love you, that was such a good pet peeve of yours the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Uh, but, yeah, I think, the, I think the Roe v. Wade decision, even though you and I may disagree on mm-hmm. the substance of that decision, man, that got women out and that got – don't forget, I think even in like Montana, in, in damn near every state last night, the anti uh, the, the the pro abortion rights referendum passed even in republican states so it got young people out and it got women out joe walsh is our guest on toronto today on 640 toronto now to donald trump the republican candidates that seem to do well seem to be those that they didn't quite go full liz cheney but they weren't trump disciples they weren't tabbed on the shoulder tapped on the shoulder by trump like he's the pope or something but those that did Mehmet oz herschel walker several others they had poor results does it say anything about trump's impact that it's nowhere near what it could have been six years ago no because it's always been this case Donald Trump rules the Republican Party. And, Greg, I don't think that changed with what happened last night. So you think about it, Oz and all these other people and Blake Masters and Herschel Walker. Yeah, in a general election, they don't do well. But all these Trump candidates did really well in the Republican primaries. Um, That's that's like that's like the the dynamic here. The, The better Trump is in the Republican Party, the worse he is in the general population. And I think we saw that play out. But all these people, Greg, Mm -hmm. who are now saying, oh, Ron DeSantis, he's the man. Bull crap. Bull crap. (laughs) I'm so all of these Republican power brokers and donors and thinkers who for years have been dying for Donald Trump to just go away. They don't have the balls to say that publicly. Man, their narrative last night is that we can finally walk away from Trump. Bull. Uh, they will not, Donald Trump won't let them walk away from him. He won't. But is there, is there sort of energy behind DeSantis that didn't exist a couple weeks ago? I think there is a blip of some temporary energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I personally don't think that DeSantis is ready for prime time, and I think Donald Trump would eat him up in a primary because uh, nobody can get in a ring with Trump. Um, Trump is supposed to come out and announce next week. Yeah. Now, you talk, about, you talk about a sign of weakness. He said on the 15th, major announcement. Do you think Donald Trump is going to acknowledge that he had a bad night last night and pull back on that announcement? No, I think Trump's still announcing on the 15th. And then I think every Republican just generally lines up behind him. And if you're DeSantis, I'd ask you this, Joe, if you've got... If you've got some of what he's got, if he's got, you know, Florida people, for people who don't know, has been a coin flip state since you and I were little. It doesn't feel that way anymore. It feels it feels like it runs the rivers run Republican red. And that's so it's not a, a state. It's not the same state that Bill Clinton won in 1996. It's not the state Obama won in 2008. It feels very Republican. But if you're DeSantis, Joe, you're 44 years old and you got some runway ahead of you. You can sit this next one out and you can almost waltz maybe backwards into the end zone of the White House in 2028. So why, like you said, why go and, and get get all the body bruises from Donald Trump in the primaries? Why do it? If if. If you try to take out the king, and that means you'd have to try to take out the king. 
And that means mm. you'd have to go after the king. And that means if you're DeSantis, Greg, you got to say you didn't win in 2020. And if Donald Trump is indicted and you're Ron DeSantis and you're primarying him, what are you going to say about the indictment? Are you going to say the indictment's bull? Are you going to side with Trump on the indictment? It just puts DeSantis or anybody who would challenge Trump in an, in an almost impossible situation. And if you can't kill the king and you're DeSantis and you challenge him, you could ruin your future. But do you think DeSantis then waits it out and runs in 2028? I don't know. I still believe, I said, I've been saying this for two years, I don't believe any Republican will challenge Trump in the primary. Mm. I really don't. And I still think DeSantis will fall under that as well. Mm. Joe Walsh hosts the podcast White Flag. He's joining us on Toronto today on 640 Toronto. I want to ask about Beto O'Rourke. Um, how many losses can one guy absorb? I, you know, not 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 even getting close to beating Greg Abbott. I get it. It's Texas. Um, very strict abortion laws in Texas. They just had the Uvalde shooting as well. Rourke has tried to make his case for gun control. I don't know if he's any kind of darling anymore with the Democratic Party after the loss. What do you think? Uh, I feel for Beto because I've been in that spot, uh, being a conservative in a blue state of Illinois like I was. Mm-hmm. It's tough, but 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 that he can't win there. You you mentioned how Florida is not Florida is not a swing state anymore. No. It's a red state, and it's been building that way for years. Texas is still a pretty solidly Republican state. Beto can't win there. I don't think Stacey Abrams, another Democratic rock star can win in Georgia. So, no, they cannot run. Neither of those two can run statewide in those states again. I I don't know what they choose to do. So what do they do? What do they do about Joe Biden? What does Joe Biden do about Joe Biden? What happens? What happens in terms of like Donald Trump is somehow some way the way he lives defying his age. Biden, to me, is kind of defining his age to a great extent. What does he do? He is, Greg, and I'm torn on it because I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, Biden's too old. Um, but doggone it, uh, we all continue to underestimate Biden. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Democrat, and I disagreed with a lot of what he's done these last two years, but he's gotten a lot of crap, a, a lot of stuff accomplished. I always got to watch my language. <laughs> and, That's okay. And then, and then look look at what happened last night. I mean, he did – Barack Obama got was, – was, It was a shellacking in his first midterm. Bill Clinton, same way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donald Trump, same way. Joe Biden, relatively unscathed. So I think last night strengthens him within the Democratic Party. I think if he decides to run, I think he has a claim to say, again, I'm the only guy that can beat Trump. I think it'd be tough for Democrats to challenge him. Yeah, and it's rather amazing because I thought the Republicans, the Republicans that weren't, you know, when they weren't busy denying the election, when they weren't busy on other sort of, you know, personal household issues, I thought they went after the Democrats on the things they know will stick. Crime, immigration, uh, the border, the economy, gas prices. I thought they went, even last year, Joe, foreign policy with with the terrible pullout from uh, Afghanistan, None of that stuck a year later. It just didn't. No, and I think that's why everybody just assumed it was going to be a wave yesterday because a red wave, mm-hmm. because 
again, all the polls were saying that that Americans cared about the price of gas, inflation, the price of milk and all the rest. And yet um, that didn't happen. So I do think young people came out in much higher numbers than typically for a midterm. You said it. I think women were energized. And I, I just think so many voters got into that booth yesterday and said, what the hell? I'm pissed off about the price of gas, but these Mm -hmm. un-American Republicans won't even say if they'll accept uh, the results of an election if they lose. I can't I can't vote for that. Yeah, that really kind of carried the day. I think you you bring up something that I know you've talked about on your podcast, too, and it's it's the the things that we disagree about that can define us sometimes. It's sort of that whole, you know. Um, you know, hate the play, but don't hate the game, but don't hate the player. We're getting more back to that. And I find I've got friends that are almost insulted to be put in a demographic and, 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 you know, they're black and they say, what makes you think I wouldn't be a Republican? They're gay. And they say, what makes you think I wouldn't have, have conservative politics? And we've done this way too. What makes us think every woman is just walking around going Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, twenty times a right. day? There are a lot more. We're a lot more defined, um, you know, creatures than that. We got we got a lot. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. It's some of the polling and some of the Democrats. Look at Lat- Latinos in Florida, Joe. It's insulting yeah. for to, to to get told as an entire cultural demographic you're all going to vote for one person. And. Uh- we don't know the exact numbers yet, but to your point on Latinos and even black voters, Republicans have been improving with both of those groups mm-hmm. over the last couple of elections nationwide. And so even though the Democrats might have, you know, avoided a bullet last night, the Democrats have real demographic problems as well because they're still losing hemorrhaging working class voters. Uh, so so they got some problems they need to address. Big picture, because I love hearing your macro stuff before we go. Um, I said yeah. I said to somebody yesterday, I'm like, this isn't exactly the party of Bill Clinton going against the party of Ronald Reagan last night. I think people have really, really tough choices. And it's almost, almost for the last few elections, at least for president, I feel like so many people are going in holding their nose and it's a vote against somebody rather than for somebody rather than the Reagans and the Clintons. Um, and we could go way, yeah. way back into the seventies and sixties, the Kennedys, the Eisenhowers that really electrified people. How do we ever get back there? Or is it just too far gone? All right. You're going to piss me off. Cause you, <laughs> I don't know why you have me on. Cause I'm a dark, dark Irishman. I think America's in a real bad spot and I'm not going to blow smoke up your butt. My friend, I think things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. I do not believe this country has been this divided. You've heard me say this. Mm-hmm. then since just before the civil war, one of our two major political parties has given up on democracy. It is a shrinking political party. The other political party has made, moved way too far left. You've got so freaking many Americans who no longer identify with either party. We need a third party, a fourth party, a fifth party. We need, like, we need to get rid of the Electoral College. I mean, we mm-hmm. need revolutionary change in this country or a real kind of revolution is coming. I think think we're in for a long, ugly road. And it, it was probably happening before Trump, but Trump's accelerated yeah. it and, and exacerbated it to the point where you have Democrats saying, oh my gosh, don't put him in jail. Don't convict him. Then he yeah. becomes a martyr and will lose a lot. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it, you, you can't win now. 
Trump is just an ugly consequence of our divided state. That's all. That's the best way to end it. Joe Walt. Every, every time I talk <laughs> with you, I feel like I, I need a drink. I need to go have a drink. Oh, my God. Well, uh, a Canadian beer is waiting for you if you can ever make it up to Toronto. <laughs> you know that that's true. Thanks so much for making time for our audience, your podcast. I know you had Char- Charlotte Clymer on this week. Great listen. Uh, you continue to kill it. Thanks very much for making time for us here in Toronto. Hey, Greg, I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you, brother.